You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I'm your host, Jackie Koch. And today we are diving into a topic that I'm still learning about, ebbing and flowing, figuring it out on my own. And I'm going to share with you some of the stuff that I think about this right now. I do reserve the right to change my mind on this, but um, some of the stuff I'm thinking about um, is, you know, is a five-day work week actually good for most businesses? And um, that's something I think about a lot um, because, I mean, for so many reasons, because of what I do, and I just find it super interesting. So what I want to actually start out with is just some interesting facts that you may or may not have known about, Um, and it's really the history of how work weeks even started, and I think that you might start to think about your work weeks a little bit more differently after this. Maybe you might get a little frustrated that you fell into this rhythm. I don't know, but long and short of it, I'm going to talk a little bit about the history. So... Um, you know, well, I guess first, you know, I, I I just think back to myself, right? Like I graduated college. I mean, even before graduation, everyone just worked Monday through Friday. We had weekends. Dad would get up and go to work in the morning, be home by five. We'd eat dinner. Like it was just what it was. So as I was going through school, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get a normal work week job. Like that's what's going to happen. And I really didn't even give it any thought to like, is this insane or crazy or why are we doing this? It's just what it was. It was what was expected. So that's what I started doing my whole life. Um, Up until, I don't know, five years ago maybe, I was like, why do we do this? This is interesting and just started to think about it. So some of the history I'm going to share with you, I've heard before in many different places For sake of preparing for this podcast, I was reviewing the Morning Brew um, newsletter and blog and the one where they wrote about this. And so I pulled some of this information from there. Although I've read it, you can really find it in many different places. But got to give credit where credit is due, right? So starting out, I wanted just to like, I guess a fun fact or a question. Did you know that it was in the last or it was in the late 1800s? I mean, that seems so long ago. I guess it's kind of long ago, but it was the late 1800s when the U.S. government started tracking work hours of Americans. And prior to that, people were working in factories or on farms, right? And a lot of manual labor. The government started tracking actual work hours and found that the average full-time factory worker, so whatever that meant back then, was working a hundred hour work weeks. You guys, a hundred hour weeks on flat factory floors doing manual labor. So I do agree we still work far too many hours here in the United States, especially when you look at like blue zones and stuff like that. But when you bitch and complain about your 45 hour work week, 50 hour work week, just think about working 100 hours a week on a factory floor. Like, that's insane to me. And also, no wonder we're so fat now. We sit at a desk all day long for 80 hours a week, 40, whatever it is, right? Compared to 100 hours on a factory floor. I'm not saying that that is like what we should all get back to, but holy shit, that's insane. 100 hour weeks. I can't get over that. 
Um, but I guess that is a the, the the no wonder why we're so fat now is a topic for a different podcast, one I'm passionate about, but I will reserve for experts on that. So the, the government does these studies. They find out that people are averaging 100-hour work weeks. I'll get over it in the late 1800s. And Henry Ford, brilliant man he was, decided to adopt a five-day, 40-hour work week at Ford Motor Company. He did this in 1926 at his plants. And he did it for a couple of reasons. One, he was getting a lot of pressure during that, well, not just him, but in general, there was a lot of pressure to improve working conditions. And working conditions at that time was not only work hours, um, but it was also safety conditions. There, This was the time in history where labor unions really started to become a thing to protect workers from very unsafe working conditions and very, very unsafe and like almost inhumane working conditions. I am a strong opinions about unions being unnecessary in today's work environment, but that, I guess, I, I should do a whole podcast episode on that. We no longer have to deal with the, the, the conditions that we had to deal with back then. Um, so long and short of it, there was a lot of pressure to improve working conditions, right? So that was one of the reasons where he went, he reduced people's work hours by 60 hours a week, you guys. Like this is, um, imagine being a thought leader that does this, a CEO who does something like this right now. So he did that for that reason. And then he also um, saw that by, so so he reduced work hours to that, to adopt a five-day, 40-hour work week. This was because of working conditions, but also because it made it just easy. It, it was a, an, a way to establish like shifts for the plant and, and stuff like that. Um, he then also increased his day rate. So then he was able to pay a day rate, right? And he increased it to significantly higher than um, what everybody else was paying, what the standard was. Um, and the reason why he did that was probably because of peer, a little bit of because of pressure, he needed to increase it anyways. But the reason why he went so high was because he saw that employment was a way to grow the middle class right? And so he could pay people more, help the middle class grow in the U.S. And that he, the, the middle class was his customers. So the more that there were people who could afford his cars, the more his business would grow and it would positively in, impact his, his business, um, even though it was costing him more to operate it at that time. Like such a smart business guy, if, in my opinion. So, so that's where it really started from. And then it, so that was 1926. It was about 10 years later in 1938 when the Fair Labor Standards Act was passed, which basically formalized all of this stuff, which into different laws, which are still in effect as of today. And it basically cre formalized a 40-hour work week for the country. Again, not a ton of studies went into this. It was developed because of a manufacturing plant, remind you. So they formalized a 40-hour work week and implemented overtime laws, um, along with a few other, there's like some other requirements that go into the Fair Labor Standards Act, but those are pretty much, those are the biggies that formalized a 40-hour work week, implemented overtime laws that you have to pay people overtime if they work over 
Usually it's 40 hours a week um, for the federal. States are different. But the, the Fair Labor Standards Act applies to many roles, but as you've learned in previous episodes, there's a difference between an exempt and a non-exempt employee. Exempt means that an employee is exempt or not eligible for overtime pay. That's all that means. A non-exempt employee means that they are eligible for overtime pay. They are not exempt from overtime pay, meaning that they are eligible to receive it as a result of the Fair Labor Standards Act. So so all that's been into play for 100 years now. I'm just kidding. Not quite 100 years, but a long time, since 1938. That is the history of how a 40-hour work week was established. And it it's starting to get a lot of buzz and attention now. Um, like, is that still applicable to today's, the way that we work and, and the way of work now? In some things that I think about a lot are a lot of jobs are no longer you pay for hours worked. It's not a, a manual hourly type of a role, right? Where, for example, for me, I'm getting paid for my knowledge and my ability to finish some projects, yes, but that really isn't dependent on if I work Monday, eight to five, right? Like it's more um, depending on my my knowledge. There's a lot more knowledge workers out there, I guess, um, is what I'm trying to say with that. And so I wake up thinking about stuff for my my clients. I'm out on a run and I get an idea for something I want to do in my business or something I want to do for a client. How do I get paid for that? Do I get paid a minute because a thought is about a minute long, right? Like you can't quantify that and your brain doesn't shut off, I guess. My brain doesn't – I don't know if you guys have seen Severance, the the show, um, but that's essentially what it is. Like you literally are an entirely different person at work. Your brain changes. You remember nothing about work when you're at home. That doesn't happen. So how do you how do you pay for that? How do you quantify that? I don't know that I have the answer to that, but it's just something I think about a lot. And in 2021, a bill was presented to the House proposing that we cap the regular work week at 32 hours a week, simply changing it to a a four-day work week. Um, It would simply mean that overtime kicks in after 32 hours. This hasn't been passed. It may never be passed. I don't know. But there's a lot of companies moving towards a four-day work week. And it's seeing like it has some productivity improvements. In fact, the UK this year had a group of about 70 employers testing out a four-day work week. They did it for six months. I believe it was this year. After three months, there was no reports of productivity loss. Like it, it, everything stayed the same. It wraps up now or very, very soon. So I don't have the, all of the results over the, the full six months at the time of this recording. But I, if I find it, I'll do a recap at the beginning of the year. But a lot of this, a lot of studies show that four-day work weeks actually help productivity and definitely don't hinder it, which is interesting. So this just gets me thinking, like, do we really need butts in seats or eyes on screens Monday through Friday, eight to five? Does it actually bring out the best work in your business? And within your team, I don't know. For me, um, I can tell you that it doesn't. When I started doing my own thing two years ago, being able to pick my hours and figure out what works best for me in that moment or that day has drastically improved my productivity. I get so much more done. I get so much more done when I believe I can get it done in four hours. It's insane. 
So for some companies, you have to have shifts because your business is open and you have guests coming into your store or your restaurant. Sometimes that's a non-negotiable, but it's just an interesting thing to think about. Um, I do think there's a lot of businesses that can get away with a four-day work week. That's a goal that I have. In fact, I know a a few different entrepreneurs who've tested it and it's worked out significantly well. So it's a goal of mine to get to this point, but I'm not there yet because I'm still figuring things out. And growing a business takes effort. You know, if you are in a high growth stage, maybe you can't do it. I don't know. I'm again, like I said at the beginning of this episode, this is all stuff I'm thinking about. I don't have the answers to. So hopefully that's not frustrating in this episode. And maybe you have advice for me. If you're listening and you're like, we did this or we tried this, like, please DM me. I'm so interested to have this conversation and I'd love to have you on the show even. But, you know, like I said, a lot of my work is thought work. It's knowledge work. So I'm not like not working if I'm not sitting at my desk in my office. It's like I'm always thinking about stuff, unfortunately and fortunately, right? So most of your teams are probably in that same way. So how do you quantify it? That's kind of what we're figuring out together. Um, I will say a couple things. Because we are moving more to knowledge-based work, regardless of the the schedule that you guys, that you decide to have in your business, you need to start to move to project-based accountability. So it doesn't, making sure someone's active on Slack or Microsoft Teams is is not actually a measure of their productivity. You need to set up some accountability procedures to be able to manage projects and deadlines and output. And this is something so new for most bosses that they're still figuring it out. And I think the most important thing you can do is to set up some asynchronous work tools, project management tools, ways to keep tabs on on projects and keep track of projects without having to do check-ins. Like you can see stuff in systems. We recently had... Um, sit on the show and she talked all about asynchronous work and setting up Asana. And I booked a 90 minute call immediately after her, after that interview. And she whipped my Asana into shape, set me up Asana boards, taught me how to use it. And the empowerment that I have from knowing that I can actually hire somebody when the time is right and have the process to like set them up with their work and their projects asynchronously and be able to track if they're getting it done or if they're not is just so empowering. And I feel like a real boss. I'm not going to lie. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to her episode, listen to it and book a call with her to set up your systems. I think it's so critical hiring somebody to set up the systems versus like an assistant. You're like, I need an assistant. Maybe you hire somebody very specialized to set up the systems and then you can hire the assistant to run it afterwards. Anyways, I just, I digress. I don't, I forget where I was at on this, but, oh, setting up the systems and the accountability for project-based works. There are so many different ways to do that. So get good at that. Investigate some of those things. Um, Set up project management, all of that stuff. And then I think another step on getting there is maybe you start with just flexible hours. I think it's a great starting point to establish like a few core hours, you know, maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday, everybody's online between 12 and 4. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. And that's when when you know that you can have meetings and like get questions answered from team members because they're all online at the same time. And then allow them to have the flexibility to work any other hours they want 
outside of those, right? And then keeping tabs on productivities and projects and having your check-ins be project-based versus time-based. It'll allow you to, to uh, like, like ease into it and, and start to trust your team more while building the tools to, to get the work done. And then you could also test out maybe next summer. Let's do summer Fridays and do four-day work weeks through the summer. And let's see how it goes. And get your team's buy-in. Be like, hey, I want to. we're going to test this. And it is up to us as a team to remain just as productive and get more stuff done or the same. And if we do that, maybe this could be a long-term thing. But as we're preparing for four-day work weeks in the summer, look at the systems and processes that we have in our business and that you have to do your work and come up with ways to become more efficient. What systems and tools do we need to put in place so we can become more efficient and work with them and get their buy-in to really test it out and then give it an honest go and let them like follow up at the end of it and be like, okay, this is what we noticed. Our client satisfaction scores went down, like establish metrics that you're going to use to track how it's going. Don't just like use your gut. Be like, okay, for the summer, we're going to track response rates um, to clients, um, client, you know, happiness scores. Um, I don't know. You can figure out what the metrics are, track them, and then have a team recap. Like, hey, this didn't go as good as we were hoping. Why not? What would have helped that? Um, you know, what do you need to be more effective? And if you do this as a team, like really do it as a team, instead of thinking it's a top-down thing, I think you'll find a lot more success. So I don't know if the five-day work week is good for your business or not. I know at the end of this episode, I probably didn't answer your question or give you all the advice that, that you were hoping for, because I don't know. I'm still learning myself for my business and every business is different, but I think there's a world where we could do it. And there are way too many studies that show that people are more productive, um, but it takes some effort. Just like it does in hiring, it takes upfront effort to be prepared to hire. I think it takes some effort to make these changes. You can't just decide you're only, you're not going to work on Fridays anymore and change nothing else in your business and expect it to go well. Like it's going to take some intention. So I'm excited to hear from you. Please DM me, People Principles, um, on Instagram. Um, I want to hear if you've done any of this and how it's gone. Super, I'm super, super interested. So thanks for tuning in. Hopefully I give you some things to ponder, some, some life things to ponder. Um, and we will talk to you again really, really soon. to outsource your hiring completely and finally make that key hire our hiring team at people principles is your not so secret weapon let us do the heavy lifting to build your team check out our incredible team and our transparent pricing strategy at peopleprinciples.co forward slash hiring team